0: So um, I'm going to address some feedback that I've been getting from the audience. Before we begin, I'm going to do three things. One, especially for those tuning in for the first time, I'm going to give you where we are, journey of the podcast. Two, I'm going to give you a little context of this specific episode. Three, I'm going to ask you to do something at the end of the episode so real quick the context of or the where we are in the journey of the podcast first it's been over a year since i asked the question of what is the future of people initiatives literally what is that future so over 70 episodes we're deep in season three and we found the answer okay not the actual answer but like the galaxy where the answer is we got to go deeper the galaxy's adoption of marketing mindset in the world of hr in the employee experience. And for those of you who's like, oh, marketing, you, you're good to turn off. You're not going to appreciate this episode, I guarantee you. Uh, for those of you who are now like violently agreeing with me, okay, welcome. Let's go to level two before you decide if you want to continue watching, which is what is this, the context of this episode? In the employee experience, there's a lot of moments that matter in the journey, right? Like onboarding, there's performance, there's leadership development and so Today, we're going to talk about benefits. In fact, how do you market benefits will be the topic of our discussion. And the third is uh, my ask of you. On a 1 to 10, at the end, drop in whatever platform you're watching. this YouTube, your problem in the community, the answer to the following question. I'll repeat it at the end. How curious do we get you in thinking about marketing benefits? That's the ask right now, is curiosity. So I warn Amos I'm going to start out with a question for him and then i'm going to just tell you why i'm excited why amos after he answers and then we'll launch into it so amos here's the question for someone who grew up in the world of marketing you being in the world of benefits today how does that feel how, how does it feel with all the tools you used to have to communicate with your audiences mm-hmm. all of the advanced techniques proce- all of that to now be in this world I I warned you it's going to be a a, a, weird little question. So there we go. Let's kick it off with that.
1: Well, I like the question, Adam, and I appreciate us having the chance to talk today. Um, I'm going to give you a paradoxical response because it's both of these things at once. It is incredibly encouraging and exciting and also incredibly frustrating. Uh, Frustrating in the sense that marketing has been doing things the way marketing has been doing things for a long, long time. And there's lots of good ways to do things. But we haven't really kept our friends in HR up to speed. And they know all kinds of things that that we don't know as marketers. Um, And it's time that we connect and we cross-pollinate. We create a really nice dovetail joint between marketing and HR Um, And get them up to speed to communicating to employees with the same degree of rigor that we as marketers communicate to customers. So it's both. It's awesome because we know what works. uh, But it's also incredibly challenging because it's like, why are we 10 years behind over here?
0: You know, often thought about my most frustrating conversations recently. And and it's got to be like that for any innovators of any new market where they go, oh. Oh, look, look, th- this is going to happen. And the vast majority of people go, mm, mm, how do you know? Are you, are you sure? So if I didn't turn off some of the folks, I think you just did, but the rest who are now going to be with us. Yeah. Are going to be with us for the rest of this episode because they're in violent agreement. So Amos, healthcare benefits, like as an entrepreneur, you know, I've, I've been, I am a part of a number of organizations, painful topic. Pay. I'm like, listen, let's just get this thing done with, you know, what is it, an annual thing, right? But it also is a huge expense. You, you gave me some, and the literacy is, is nothing. So why don't we start with the size of the either problem or the opportunity, however you want to frame it, of why are we focusing on this moment that matters in the employee experience?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, y- you know this and, and you spoke to it, but it's the second biz- biggest line item that you have in your business, right? The only thing you're spending more money on is compensation for your people. So you have something that is incredibly expensive for you as an employer um, and employees don't understand it. They don't understand what HSA and HDHP and all these different acronyms that HR knows so well. They don't understand it, but they also don't understand how much, how expensive it is for you. So there's, there's two ways that, that as a business leader, this is kind of rubbing you the wrong way. Your employees don't understand something, but they also don't know how expensive it is for you, so they don't even value it as much as what they should. If they understood perhaps how much time and money their employer is spending on this health benefits plan, maybe that alone would make them care a little bit more about understanding what they have access to. Uh, but yeah, you talked about literacy. So, benefit literacy um, is as low as four percent. You know, for some Jeez. employee populations. Um, so now, if you're a, a glass half full guy, that that glass is is ninety six percent empty, and you have a long way to go to fill it up. But the bar is pretty low, right? There, there's there's a lot of things that you can start to do today, employing marketing best practices to get employees up to speed and get them better connected to the value that you're delivering to them as an employer with providing a health plan here in the United States.
0: I'm definitely part of that 4%, hands down. <laughs> I don't look at any right. of this, these things until absolutely I have to, I don't get ahead of any of this, but, but, but also I just kind of wonder when you compare the experience we have as customers, no matter what we're doing, whether it's a flight ticket or, or configuring your mattress that you wanna purchase, And then you ask yourself, okay, I've gone through that experience. How was it? Eh, Maybe there were some issues, but it was all designed to make it as easy as possible. Someone had you in mind. There is a monster effort that was put in to make it seamless, frictionless. How will we compare what happens in the the world of benefits?
1: It's hard to compare, right? I mean... That's why. So when you purchase a mattress, I'll shout out to our friends at Casper because Casper, Casper is an NFP client. They're an awesome uh, client of um, that we get to work with in the employee communications practice at NFP in Indianapolis. Um, The way that most people are buying a Casper mattress is they might go to the website, then they're going to get retargeted. Then maybe they decide, "Now I'm good for now and maybe they keep getting retargeted, maybe they've, they've joined an email list, right? So when we go through an open enrollment cycle as employers trying to reach employees about picking the benefits that are right for you at this given phase of life during this five to 10 business day cycle, that education is all lumped into that one thing at that one moment, right? Oftentimes, it's not really thought about as a campaign. So there aren't things happening like remarketing, retargeting, um, uh, multiple channels of communication that are coming at you to try to deliver one campaign effectively. Commonly, human resources is emailing one, two, three times. Maybe there's an announcement at a town hall or something, but, but that might be about it. You know. And you've selected a plan that you probably don't remember you selected 12 months later. So then you go back to human resources and say, what did I pick last time? I want to pick the same thing again. Uh, without even thinking if you went through, you know, what HR calls a a QLE or a qualifying life event. You know, did you get married? Did you have a, did you have a child? Did you have a separation? You know, these, these big major life moments call for needing to look at those things again. Uh, But so often employees aren't really trained to think about things that way because employers aren't really driving well-being, understanding or benefit literacy throughout the year, but rather just, you know, dumping a bunch of information right around open enrollment and kind of going through the motions. <clears throat> so you really have to employ those marketing best practices to to look at what a, what a campaign looks like. How do we leverage multiple channels? How do we do year-round benefits communications and try to increase benefit literacy? By the way, guess what else happens? Your people might get healthier. They might get happier. So now you have more engaged employees because they're literally healthier human beings but now they have a better understanding around the value that you're delivering as an employer as well there's really not a downside Mm
0: -hmm. just as you're speaking i'm I'm picturing the easiest kind of dots the dot one is a current state of the world where it's an event benefits enrollment is an event Dot two, which is the new this new world that we're living in are continuous campaigns being run the bridge is us adopting marketing and it's interesting that you said the words campaign specifically i think campaigns are a foundational way marketer thinks in fact a quick commercial break know, 30 seconds uh next season season four is going to be entitled something around campaigns where every episode is going to be we're going to be sharing a campaign that has been run what was effective and what wasn't so amos one more question before we start to i'll be back in.
1: i'll be back i'll be back with you for that one then adam for i was sure.
0: hoping you would say that yes I bet you were. Uh, and i got on on record now Amos. yeah You're perfect be coming back. so before we jump into the people uh process technology in case we do have someone who's listening who is not completely convinced i kind of want to n- nail the less nail in the coffin if you will when you first were introduced to the podcast, and I know you and I went back and forth, you were like, I'm not sure marketing, did you mean to contact me or somebody else? Like, how do you think about this emerging market or maybe in a different way, how fast or how slow do you think the adoption is is happening from your view? When you talk to people about marketing and benefits, what kind of reactions are you getting?
1: Typically, the reaction from from human resources is, oh, my gosh, thank you. Hmm. Um, and, and the reason why is they they know um, this is difficult. They, they know the pain that they're experiencing. Um, you know, I'll just at the risk of getting into too many numbers here. Let me just hit a couple factoids. Yes, Sixty nine percent of employees feel that a comprehensive benefits program increases company loyalty. It's probably not the best one to start with. So maybe, maybe scratch that one. Um, but but speaking to, to benefit literacy, um, uh, nearly two-thirds of workers say that their current benefits package makes them feel at least somewhat likely to remain with their employer. Uh, that's actually not the one I wanted to read either. I'm sorry. Um, it's
0: okay. But these are great stats anyway to give us context. Yeah.
1: So, Uh, seven in 10 employees say they would prefer to receive benefits information at least a few times or throughout the year. Mm. Um, let's see a a few more here that, that, so, so the, the response from, from, uh, let me hit a a couple more here. Uh, 60% of companies don't have a long-term internal communication strategy. Mm. 74% of employees have the feeling they're missing out on company news. Um, and then getting back to the benefits piece alone when communication is ineffective only six percent of employees are satisfied with their benefits that stat is not suggesting that, that the benefits program itself needs to be particularly good the statistic is about the quality of the communication around the benefits program so whenever we're, we're touching on some of these things in conversations with with prospects or with clients they feel seen like this isn't information that human resources is surprised by. These are Mm. problems they experience. They kind of, they, they, they live in it. Um, So when uh, when prospects, especially, but also clients recognize that there's an employee communications practice to help them with these things just by the very nature of NFP being their benefits broker. I mean, there, there are sometimes literal cheers. Um, I had a conversation this morning with, with a, a young woman who I met for the first time three or four months ago in a prospect meeting. And and she told me today, she's like, when you were first covering some of these things in that meeting, not only did you appear incredibly different from any other benefits broker we were talking to, but I was only thinking selfishly about how much easier my life was going to get hmm. knowing that we had a chance to tap into you as an augmentation of our team. That was a laborious response to you or, um, there, Adam. But. No. Yeah, the, the but response is typically um, celebration, right? I mean, um, HR knows this is a challenge and a problem.
0: And it's therapeutic for me to hear that because I do get a lot of my kind of teeth kicked in with marketing and HR. I was just approached yesterday. Hey, would you go to this conference? But could you tone down the marketing speak? Could you adjust <laughs> to not including the word marketing because most of the HR folks are not going to get it? And I was, I was just took a moment You know, a real moment. And I'm like, well, if if I'm seeing this emerging market and this is the only way to get there, how do I just tune it down? How do we not talk about the practice of connecting with people and resonating with them that's matured, that is needed exactly in the world of of HR? So good to continue. Did you have a comment there?
1: Uh, No, no, just that... um, I guess maybe Adam, I'll, I'll turn the table on you. You know, you can't expect a human resources professional to know how to buy marketing. We got to consider our audience, right? So, as marketers, that's what we do all day, every day. So, when we're talking to human resources um, in partnership internally, um, or even externally, if you're a digital marketing agency or you're a benefits broker, I mean, you got to know the buyer. So, what are the pain points that human resources has, and and how are your how is your marketing skill set going to relieve that pain
0: you're so right it starts with what's the burning platform what is the pain in the organization mm-hmm. but then you get into still this question of do you meet the innovators where they are because they are there i have now logged in good 30 40 conversations with c level that are either chief people officers chros or even cmos being involved who are absolutely adamant marketing is the way, or do you tailor the message to meet those who are like marketing is over there, we're over here, our point pain point is this, and then you take out the word marketing and you look to replace it with words that are more palatable, like transformation, yeah. things like that. I love where you went there. So if there's more be- before, because we we're gonna we're about to go super deep on this one, and I and I wanna I wanna keep rocking, but if there's a final point that you have on this one before I move on to the next question, go for it
1: uh you just got me thinking about the hr and marketing partnership more broadly so maybe there's a a a better time to to delve into that um
0: no no this this will be good because because let me just clarify where we're headed the emerging market we're going to talk about people process technology Mm -hmm. so who are the people to do this work within organization absolutely let's go there
1: yeah yeah perfect yeah so i would say i mean a lot has happened in a few years, you know, we've endured a global pandemic Mm -hmm. together. HR had to figure out how how to uh, do COVID tests, you know, and manage those types of records almost overnight and marketing had to figure out um, how to uh, sell widgets virtually, you know, if you didn't before manufacturing is is shut down and so many, we've gone through a lot and um, we're better for it in the sense that I think, um, HR has recognized the need for employee communications in a way that maybe they didn't before. Um, at the same time, um, as a former in-house marketer in a couple seats that I've been in, I commonly work to strike up partnerships with human resources because I really cared about employee engagement and trying to help determine how do we make a difference? How do we better communicate with all these other colleagues that I work with? Um, and um, from if I think about our entire client base right from 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 small groups 20 or so employees all the way down to three and then all the way up to these um, some large accounts I mentioned Casper earlier or even some of our accounts that are even larger Um, our highest functioning clients HR teams have two really important cross-functional partnerships the first is a really strong connection to the c-suite you just mentioned talking to a lot of C-level leaders before, when HR is connected to the C-suite, and I believe that they were in droves for the first time ever during the pandemic. I feel like CEOs, CFOs were like, we need our people officers. We need our CHROs in here. We don't know how to do this. People are literally getting sick, in some cases passing. We've got to figure this out. And the best organizations kept those folks at that table, right? So. Um, HR is connected to the C-suite. It's, it's deeply intertwined now to the, to the business uh, to the DNA of the business. And then the second is a reciprocal partnership with marketing. Um, I did an interview myself a couple of years ago with some friends who lead marketing and who lead, who lead human resources at a really big um, hospital organization here in Indianapolis. And they just talked about their partnership, how they work together, how their teams observe that partnership. Um, And a lot of it started very informally and organically because it was just based on a conviction they both had that they should be partnered together. And as a result, systems and processes and work has improved because they've created new pathways for creating partnership across HR and marketing. So those are the clients we love to work with. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's a client we had earlier this year where we embarked on on a product that we call a total rewards brand. Um, And the HR group had not pulled in marketing. And didn't really have plans to. Mm. And as an employee communications practice, we pushed on that. Like, look, as a consultancy, we would advise you that we're we're not going to come out of this process with a good brand to represent your total rewards program unless marketing is involved from day one through day 90. It's Mm -hmm. about a three-week program. And they brought them in, uh, and it was so true. And those marketers, wouldn't you know it, provided a lot of value along the way. Um, so whenever we see HR and marketing work together, um, it's just better. It's just better. It's better for employees. You know, the end result it, it is a better culture when that happens as well.
0: It, it's, it's the brand unification. And, and I mentioned to you before we start a couple hours from now, I have a call also with a senior leader from Blue Origin. So we're going to talk about how does one team manage all the audiences? How do you unify your messaging across the board? Mm-hmm. But at the risk of not slipping in that direction, You just, you talked about, you know, the world of HR and the partnerships, but what I want to, where I want to go next with the people process technology is the double click on the people. Let's take a couple of years out and ask ourselves, what does this team look like? That's going to adapt marketing inside the world of HR. Yes. Through the lens of benefits. I think that would be great. You can touch on how this could bleed beyond the world of benefits, but I, I mentioned to you in our first conversation, I said, is this an internal agency that's being built? Is this a whole new, new function or is it going to be, I don't think it's going to be in the world of CMO because CMO has their priorities, their KPIs to meet. I think this is going to stay in the world of people operations. What do you think? And what does that team look like?
1: Um, So I will, I will first say there are multiple right answers. If you are doing anything organizationally um, or programmatically, To make sure that marketing HR in partnership to do the work of internal communications, you're doing it right. It's different for different organizations. My personal preference is that there's an employee, there's an, an IC professional, an internal communications person that actually sits inside marketing, but has a dotted line to human resources. The reason I say that is the skill set for an IC person to do really good work is more closely aligned with the way marketing is taught and practiced in this country. All the things that HR knows, HR can teach and HR can inform, but it really does, as we've already mentioned, kind of take a marketing mindset to do those things, but I do want, and, and in the most formal way possible, a dotted line in the reporting structure to the human resources leader or another leader inside uh, the HR department, that that IC individual sitting inside marketing has connectivity to and accountability um, agreements in place.
0: I think I'm gonna do a webinar. That's going to be a heated debate on this topic. We should just have a raging, raging debate. Because on one hand side, it, it unlocks all kinds of marketing resources and alignment to the brand. And you have the creative analytical teams. On the other hand side, it maybe escapes the responsibility. And what if you need to scale this team? It convolutes the KPIs between the world, this world and that world. So there's just so, so much. But I, I love that response. And for all you listening, if you, if you want to be a part of this d- debate, I, actually, I think it would be really fun. To have you know five maybe even up to ten if we can keep it obviously it's gonna be civil but organized because i i think there's a, a lot of folks in the people operations that are like, no 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 no,
1: it's gotta live here
0: and then yeah. there are some in the world of mark i've spoken to a few cmos or oh, we gotta we we need to bring yeah. this in and yeah. support yeah. it.
1: well see that's why the, the the pacifist in me had the lead in like i did you know there's you more than one right answer and that is true there's, more, there's so many scenarios where there's not any level of effort being taken to connect right. those 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 groups. Right. So um, at this point, where we are in the year 2023, I would say any level of effort you're moving in that direction is the right thing for right now for where you are. Just know that it's evolving. Right? You you've got to keep up with employee expectations, which are shifting.
0: Yeah. Sure. Hundred percent. So, so we, we touched on the people. Let's talk a bit about the process. And again, I'm so glad you brought up the, ter- the term campaign, right? And and mm. how marketers think constantly in in terms of campaigns. But let let's address how you see the adoption of marketing in the world of employee experience, focused on benefits. And I know that you you have I've never done this before where there's a presentation or we have any slides we're going to project, you're welcome to, if you feel like that would be beneficial for those who are listening, maybe on Spotify or any other platforms that do not have the visual, we're going to speak to the slides. If you're watching this on YouTube, then you'll have the benefit of of the visuals and you can do the screenshots. I I do that. When I see something cool, I'm like, screenshot.
1: Yeah. Well, let's give it a go. We can innovate together right here live um, on the podcast. So let's click share. And then we're going to see what happens when I go full screen. Hopefully this is working. I don't see you anymore, Adam. So you tell yeah, me
0: this is we perfect. can see.
1: So, um, uh, NFP employee communications practice has a process. Um, I, I, I always lead by talking about lasso as very simple, right? The best processes are simple and they're proven and they're repeatable. It is not complicated. The fact of the matter is you need to commit yourself and devote yourself to a process and you can come up with whatever that needs to be for us. It's Lasso. This does predate Ted Lasso by two months. Um, we're yet to get, I was, um, I was literally
0: him. looking up the spelling of his, of the last name. <laughs> Lasso. I was like, is it going to be identical? It's, it's identical.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So with Lasso, uh, we listen, we assess, we build a strategy, we start the work and then we optimize. Um, again, nothing crazy complicated here, but in the listing process, you're auditing, you're asking lots of questions, you're curious, you're trying to discover really important for us um, as kind of an internal marketing agency that's nested inside of a benefits brokerage to get really curious, right? We're in professional services. We're meeting new clients and new industries with varying pain points all the time. There is not a cookie cutter way to do this work well, so you've got to listen. Then you've got to go through like, what do we hear? Um, is that right? And all of these steps are, are very dialogue driven. Um, we're not going away um, oftentimes and doing a bunch of work in a magical silo or, or, or fancy bungalow or loft down the street. We're coming back and we're validating the work with the client really functioning as an augmentation of the team. Then we're building the strategy. Um, that, that's probably the more expected pieces, right? That's where we talk about thinking about things as a campaign. Um, mm-hmm. Applying the classic marketing rule of seven, which we always do. You have to tell something to somebody seven times, seven different ways before they're going to engage. Marketing does that all the time with the outside world. Human resources, not so much with the most important internal customer, which is the employee. I just want to pause Fred, for, is, for please, just one second, please. seven I times. I do have a slide for that too, Adam.
0: Okay, well, let's do that later, because I want to hover on that point for just a bit, because yeah. se- seven times, I-, I know that's the case for me, I'm pretty sure, beautiful, go there and let's talk about why it's so, so important, because when we see it once, yeah. were we really paying attention? Go for it, Amos.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. This is what we live as consumers, right? And you might have a face-to-face conversation. We'll go back to mattresses. Casper's going to love that we're talking about mattresses so much. But you brought <laughs> mat- mattresses up, not I me. D-
0: I did. I started
1: this. Um, when we're talking about mattresses, you, it's a great product, actually. Example here because commonly it's a big purchase, right? Both literally and perhaps financially. But but you're asking questions to people, like, hey, what do you sleep on? you're asking for opinions, right? So. There's this, there's this um, kind of in the, in the internal employee equivalent, that would kind of be what a middle manager might do or another influencer inside an organization. Of course, you're also doing research online um, and you may sign up for an email campaign. You're definitely going to go look at videos and probably people talking about, you know, I got this mattress or I got this mattress. When you get a mattress that's mailed to your home, how does that work? Does you have to inflate it? Does it expand on its own, its own? Like, do you go buy it in a store? you got a lot of questions. Um, so in, in in this, in this rule of seven models, seven times, seven different ways, you know, we're really borrowing a, a page from the 1950s, you know, Ogilvy advertising playbook and employing what have been known as marketing best practices for a half a century, you know, or more. But, but HR is just not in the habit of, of thinking about campaigns and doing work in this sort of a way. So we leverage the, the rule of seven with every client that um, we possibly can.
0: If you have a mic on your desk, just grab it and throw it down. Drop the mic. <laughs> that was perfect. I'm not sure was that, impactful, but, but I like what you're doing. I your, think, I think it starts. was.
1: Okay, good, good. Uh, so that's Lasso. Um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen here, Adam, and we can – get back to seeing
0: each other but the fact that we're we talking about marketing and ogilvy and seven times so so every i'm going to just go back there for a second just literally think about it you have a benefit you have a message that you want to get to someone seven times doesn't mean the same message in the same channel it means they need to be reminded in different contexts different yeah. motivations different creatives this is not about a world of compliance now saying okay take this one message seven times send it
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you said that. And and any of the marketing listeners, this is like status quo. You already know this without us saying this, but a a, a talking point that I do use when, when speaking with human resources is seven modes of communication does not mean seven different messages. We're still, this is one campaign. We are trying to accomplish one thing. And to the degree that we can, let's have one call to action for this campaign. Let's not complicate things. Um, if it's open enrollment, what's the, what's the one thing we're asking people to do? Go elect the benefits that are best for you and your family. But let's roll around the calendar year. Come come January, come February, you know, heart health month. What's the one thing we want people to go do? Get a preventative exam, perhaps? You know, you've got to keep things simple. Just because there's multiple modes of communication does not mean you need to say lots of things in lots of different ways. We have a campaign that we're doing right now for a really big financial institution Uh, the headline across most of the pieces is new year new benefits that's really simple and easy to understand so we're using it on postcards on premise in the digital environment in text it doesn't need to be complicated but it can be complex Without being complicated, because a good strategy, well executed with predetermined key performance indicators that you can measure the effectiveness, is not necessarily simple on the back end. You know, there's some complexities in getting that done. There's complexities in measuring whether or not somebody read that text or clicked that link or how long were they on that video. And those change for different environments. Sometimes you don't have visibility to. to a high degree of metrics, and, and sometimes you do. And maybe I'm nodding to the technology part of the conversation that you're probably thinking about now, Adam, but um, most important is, is, is all those things are agreed upon during the strategy. And then when you get around to the optimized phase, you have data that is supporting all the other qualitative input that HR and others might have gotten through the campaign. But then um, I won't reshare my screen, but that, that lasso process is cyclical, right? It's a circle, you know, L to the A and S and the S and the O, and then the O goes back to the L again, because you've got to start thinking about what's the next campaign. The work doesn't stop. Good internal communications and good employee communications is not stopping at the end of the open enrollment cycle. You know, maybe you're taking a breath or a pause between campaigns, uh, but, but the work keeps going. You know, it's, it's a part of Uh, it's, it's kind of the, the underbelly and the platform there for the entire employee journey, the work can't stop employees deserve more.
0: I'm I'm just contemplating because it's almost like what you said, you said for the marketers, you know, this, and then you proceeded to talk about some basics of marketing. I think it's worth saying, Hey, you have the permission go adapt I've had a couple CMO conversations this week where they told me, hey, I'm I'm involved a little bit in the culture initiative. I'm involved in a wellness initiative to support it, dotted line. And I was like, how is this campaign going to be structured? And they were like, whoa, a campaign? And I was like, yeah. Oh, wait. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess we can think about it as a campaign, right? And uh, when you talked about, what did you say, new year? New ben- new benefits?
1: New year, new benefits, yeah.
0: New year, you branded.
1: That's the campaign theme. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's branded. It's a theme. It's a campaign. It's, a, it's not quite a tagline, but if you want to refer to it as a tagline, I'll have that argument with you later. But sure, it's a tagline. You know, the point is you have a message that is being leveraged across multiple different channels to deliver the same campaign message to the same audience multiple times throughout a period of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you would not have me say that that's a tagline for sure. It is key yeah. to give it a name, to give it a brand, to give it the value and the power. Um, so, the, and, and the next, which kind of bleeds us into technology, you're right. People process technology. You know, I love technology. I'm a founder of a technology company. I, I, I live in that world. But to me, it's about, okay, messages. We got to keep them short seven times. We talked about it. Now it's about segmentation. Now we need to figure out, okay, this person picked their benefits. This one did not. This one picked the benefits and then did also this action. So for them, because we want to be relevant, we don't want to seven times say pick your benefits if you already picked your benefits. We don't want a message to go out and say, if you picked it, ignore this. If you didn't pick it, then do this. It's like right. oh you don't care like amazon would never if you've already ordered your package on amazon ignore this mess and if you didn't are you kidding me so amos wh- where i think about where we're headed with this is to start to think about what tools we have as marketers with those audiences that allow us to segment and personalize and begin to adapt technologies or create technologies of course we're in the midst of technology or creation ourselves. but tell me how not from a technology standpoint, although you're welcome to, from a practitioner standpoint, what would you want to be able to do to market to this internal audience?
1: Well, technology has got to be a part of the conversation, right? I mean, so many organizations have um, not really retracted from being mostly remote. Um, Certainly most organizations are now hybrid. Um, So not only are we dealing with um, more a more disparate employee population, we're also dealing with a more asynchronous population that's working across different time zones. So the ability to say, "Eh, we've got a lunch, you know, here in Indianapolis at noon, you know, might not make sense for a third of the population. So that group needs to get communicated to differently. Um, yes. In fact, here, here in our actual office, um, Earlier this week, in fact, two, two evenings ago, we had a little get together. We had dinner together. We did some duck pen bowling, some pin some bocce ball, just had a good time with the, the windows open in a beautiful facility, downtown Indy. And for our remote population, we sent some gift cards and some encouraged them to, to take a loved one out and do something similar. So you've got to think about um, the segmentation of the audience differently. Uh, a gift card is not te- technologically advanced right? So technology plays a role. It is not um, the only thing that is happening. Um, but I would argue there are also things like a postcard with a QR code. Mm-hmm. Again, we've been, QR codes have existed for like 18 or so years. Mm-hmm. Bad marketers actually gave QR codes a really bad name and people stopped using them because they didn't understand them. Also, these phones didn't keep up with QR codes. Now, all you do is just open up like you're taking a photo and your camera understands what link to go to Mm -hmm. Um, but that that technology has been around for a while but on a postcard that's being delivered to the home for a campaign and there's a QR code that might go to a total rewards microsite or a digital benefits guide to learn more um, is a really impactful way to be a part of um, a campaign but also connects quite literally print and digital technology which then combine to create a more meaningful employee experience as a whole.
0: Multi, multi-channel, no doubt. And when I think yeah. about the digital channels, I think about the question that marketers ask when they think about communicating with customers. I think that's, this is the first question that I would, one of the first questions I would ask is, where are their eyeballs now? Because getting their eyeballs to a new spot, yeah, creating a new app, now nah, you're going to fight. Good luck. That's an uphill battle. Unless it's addictive and terrible for you. So uh, As a positive app, <laughs> Yeah, exa- exactly right. So then when we look internally and we say, where are their eyeballs? There are a few places where their yeah. eyeballs are for sure. I'll tell yeah. you one, it's Microsoft Teams and yeah. small organizations, Slack. And there are intranets and there are certain other platforms that are used all day. So I ask myself, is it's a step one to think about how to show up where their eyeballs are with our campaigns.
1: Yeah. What do you think? And, you know, and the email inbox is one of them as well. You know, every, yes. at the end of every year, you know, there's always the, the marketing trends, blog posts and articles that are coming out that are saying versions of email is dead. Um, you know, and then you read the other one and it's like email is thriving. It's never been better. Um, I'm actually in the second camp. I think email is a f- really effective tool when it's used the right way. Um, mm-hmm. I think Microsoft Teams is a really powerful tool when it's used the right way. Um, mm-hmm. Slack, same thing. Yammer, Workplace, you know, all, all of these different environments can, can help carry the load um, and deliver an effective campaign to employees when they're used in concert with clear calls to action. And you can't, you can't put a GIF in an email too easily. You can, but Outlook sometimes is going to block them or, you know, mm-hmm. Gmail to Outlook might not work so well, uh, but mm-hmm. you can do GIFs really well in Slack. So Love that. does a GIF play a role in a campaign? I mean, we've, we've used them. Uh, we've got a couple of clients where we're preparing Slack messages that have GIFs in them. So yeah, I mean, I, your your point's well taken, Adam. Why try to introduce someone to an entirely new thing when we already have behaviors that are built in to go to these other certain areas to learn about work? But also, I would argue there's validity in surprising folks. I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting you drive an airplane overhead with a with a banner behind it or take out a point of sale in the nearest grocery store. But there's certainly ways that you can still surprise employees by doing things that aren't so expected. And those could be embedded in the campaign message itself, or it could be a new mode of communication that, that wasn't as expected. We're developing a Spotify playlist right now for part of a campaign. I assure you the employees of this organization have never had a Spotify playlist developed for them as part of a campaign coming from human resources. It's going to surprise them. And then we have a user generated content component of that where employees are gonna be able to submit their own song ideas related to the campaign.
0: I love that. Holy cow. But Spotify
1: is to your point, Adam. Spotify is something people are already using, right? We're just using it differently.
0: Right, right, right. It's a behavior that's familiar to them and you're incorporating that into their work life um there's something i want to touch on but probably briefly i'm looking at the time and i'm like oh where did the time fly we probably should have reserved at least seven hours for this maybe nine and then, <laughs> then we would have covered all the but maybe that's going to be our next episode we'll pick up from this but yeah I, I, over the last couple of days i've also been thinking about adopting marketing what, what would be majorly different majorly different with these audiences and uh, I, I kind of feel like you know th- there's the obvious one what's different is it's a captured audience they don't have a choice and that kind of presents an interesting dimension to it but the one that i want to highlight and i wonder if that comes up in your world is the role of the manager because i think about when the employee experience and 70 percent of the variance really is their manager and when you talk to anyone who works in a large organization how's it going their response is probably going to be like love my manager or I can't wait for the manager to change or I'm going to ha- get the heck out of there. And we sure. think about campaigns. They're an important audience, right? even for enrollment or for any any of these questions. If a manager brought up lightly, if there was a campaign for that audience as an influencer, if you will, and they brought it up in front of their teams. Hey, I took a minute. We all want to take a minute. Or they b- surface it. How much impact would it have? Is that even a variable that you consider uh, either in current state or in the future state for your campaigns?
1: Considered approximately 100% of the time. Adam. That's it. And, and what I will tell you is oftentimes when we bring up leveraging managers or influencers, they aren't always the exact same thing inside a company Agreed. as part of a campaign, um, unless it's talking points about something really formal, that's the exception. Um, HR normally is sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, we could do that. I'm like, yeah, your your managers are meeting with their people with a degree of regularity, once a week, twice a month. Is it biweekly, bi-monthly? I always get that mixed up. Me too. But yeah, I mean, you you, you hit the nail on the head, Adam. And that that's not complicated. That's not leveraging some fancy new technology that's going to ha- going to have to get implemented or and approved by by the IT group it's just leveraging managers. So um, there's another campaign that we have going right now for uh, another client that we've not yet referenced. Um, And we have mental manager talking points, and they were to use them twice during this six-week campaign. Manager's discretion, use them when you want, there's not a particular day, just make sure you hit these talking points twice in in this six-week cycle. Now that's harder to measure, right? Like but but did you use them or didn't you? Uh, mm-hmm. But what questions came up? You know now, now if a question came up to that manager and that manager went to HR or that employee then went to HR, now you have an additional input um, with regard to that particular campaign that might not have otherwise happened. But yeah, um, it, it is a necessity. It's as it's as necessary as email and having some sort of a website environment, whether that's um, external and, and propped up, like we have a digital benefits guide that sits outside of an internet environment. Um, but, but email, having a website environment, and middle manager talking points, those three are always a part of our rule of seven approach to every campaign. It doesn't mean we always do them because a client may have a good reason to disagree, but those are three, I would say, are, are always going to be a part of the listen and assess com- part of the, the lasso process as we develop a strategy.
0: I, I hate to, to wrap up. I, I just want, don't want to wrap up because I want, I want to keep going. But uh, I am going to. I'm going to wrap up. So let, let's remind ourselves where we began the episode. We said, on a 1 to 10, how curious are you, the audience? That's okay if you have a low number. We, we can take it. Um, we're going to ask ourselves to self-assess. I, I think we did pretty good. But Amos, on a 1 to 10, how well do you think we did to get people curious in marketing benefits within their organizations?
1: I won't give you a number, but I will hope whatever the number was went up by at least one as a result of our conversation, because a lot of this, Adam, is about incremental growth and being adopted in an agile mindset, just like we have in marketing. Um, and we want HR to, to do the same thing, um, and we want to be in partnership with them to do that. So I will just say, I hope your number went up one based on today's conversation.
0: Perfectly said. I won't give a number then either, but I will ask <laughs> everyone else to do that. And then to also please subscribe. That is now becoming an important thing for me. I want to see how many of you folks are, are tuning in. There are now daily shorts that are coming out at 7am every morning. And, um, the last update I mentioned, we've got a book in our community, which is called the lost audience. And, uh, it's available only for the community. I'll drop a link below for you all to who are curious to check it out. We will be publishing it in about three months. Right now we're in a gathering feedback phase and Amos will be part of the project with us. Um, and, I, and I know I get a lot of criticisms, Adam, too many takeaways, too many asks, but I'm just gonna throw one more in just, just for fun of it. Um, and Amos, you're gonna be joining me in the next season to run campaigns. I am looking for those that are ready to roll up their sleeves, that are bold and courageous, and we will put behind you Pretty much the entire ecosystem that's been built with this podcast. I have so many brilliant minds that are simply saying now, let's find the cor- courageous folks with an audience. Let's run campaigns, and for them, then come in and tell us what worked, worked, and what didn't. So, with that, Amos, just a huge, huge thank you. I, I'm sure for those who made it to this mo to this point in the video, I'm sure they're as grateful as I am for your for your contribution.
1: Glad to be here. I appreciate it. Um, There's a lot more information I can give. So if anybody wants to reach out, you can reach me at amos.haffner at nfp.com. And Adam will probably put that somewhere. But I am a geek about this stuff. Not as big of a geek as Adam. Uh, But would love to continue the conversation if something comes up. You can also find me on Twitter. Or do we call it X now? We may.
0: I think so. Uh, And
1: I'm also the only Amos Hafner on LinkedIn, I assure you. So. Hit me up uh, at whatever technology platform you're, you're most committed to.
0: Wonderful, Amos. Thank you, and thank you for those that are tuning in. Over and